Most of you probably know me as a singer-songwriter, YouTuber, but I'm also a recording engineer. Every song you've heard by Royish Good Looks isn't just performed by me, it's also recorded and mixed by me in my own studio. You might think I always wanted to be a rock star or be a YouTuber, but what I really wanted to be was a record producer. I love the art of recording just as much as I love music in general. So today we're gonna to talk about how I got my start in recording. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number six. I'm your host, Roy. Before we get into the show this week, one final reminder that this is the last week to get this month's Patreon bonus track, The Force Is With Me, the acoustic version. And next month, with May the 4th, I'm going to have a couple surprises, so I don't want you to miss out. Head over to patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Sign up for that bonus tracks tier so you can get these extra songs every month. And of course, there's a couple other cool Patreon perks you can get and you'll be supporting the show. On episode three, I mentioned how special it is to actually enjoy your own art, to listen to your own song. And it might sound pretentious, but I love listening to my own music. I can get lost going through my own catalog listening to old recordings, stuff I've released, stuff I'm still working on. My songs and the recordings of them, it's kind of like a musical photo album. It's a moment in time. It's a memory. And of course, some songs come out better than others, and I do things a little bit differently now than I used to, whether I sing differently or I just got better at recording. It's just like when you look through old photos and you see the clothes you used to wear or the way you used to do your hair. You can't hide all that stuff. That's just the way it was at the time. Obviously, photo albums are really special to us, and I think the same way about my recordings. So, of course, I have hundreds and hundreds of recordings that we could look back on, but how did we get to where I am today? Well, like a lot of 90s kids that saw Home Alone 2, I had a Talkboy cassette tape recorder, and this was my first experience being able to record something. I didn't record music with it. I didn't try to buy things over the phone with my dad's credit card with it. I actually used it to record the audio off of the TV. It sounds kind of silly, but you have to flash back to the 90s. We were always recording The Simpsons on VHS tape in my house so we could watch it over and over again. And one summer I was going off to camp and I wanted to be able to bring The Simpsons with me, but we weren't going to have a TV. So I literally took the Talkboy and stuck it next to the TV speaker and would just record the audio to the episodes. It was basically Simpsons, the podcast version. Once I started playing guitar, my mom got me an actual tape machine. It was a four-track cassette recorder that came with a set of headphones and one microphone. This is basically every audio engineer's origin story, but that's really how it all started. I could record guitar on one track, vocals on the second, and kind of become my own little band. And that was awesome. 
at the time, it wasn't about recording and releasing the music. It was more about just capturing your song idea. I had tons of riffs and parts that I would make up, not always full songs, and it was really easy for me to forget all these tiny ideas, and I didn't know how to write them down on paper, but I could record them on this four-track cassette tape. There's really nothing worse than having a cool song idea and not being able to remember it the next day. Nowadays, voice memo is amazing for this, but now I have a phone full of ideas that you forget how many ideas you really have, even though they're all recorded there. I really need to spend a day and go through all of my voice memos and see what I'm missing. Eventually, I got into recording on the computer in the early 2000s. I had this software called Samplitude. It was really overcomplicated to me, and half the time, I couldn't even get it to work. But I recorded a handful of songs with it, just like the tape machine, a guitar track or two, a few vocals. I actually used to record like a rhythm guitar and then use the same guitar to record a bass line, even though it was like the same notes. I didn't know what I was doing at all, but I was just having fun layering all these tracks. I lost most of the songs I recorded from that era, but I do have one of them. It's the oldest known song I ever wrote and recorded. Maybe we'll talk about it on another episode. It would definitely be a fun story, but it's going to be pretty embarrassing for me. So we'll have to see about that. Around the same time, I also used a bunch of MIDI editors. Fruity Loops was my favorite. I guess that's FL Studio now, but at the time it was just Fruity Loops. I used to make covers of popular songs with MIDI and built-in software instruments. I had a cover of Walking on the Moon by The Police. I wish I still had that. I still have one of those MIDI covers. It was one of my brother's band songs. They had this awesome pop-punk ballad and... I made it sound really corny with MIDI. I mentioned it a bit last episode. My brother's bands were a huge influence on me, and I visited Russ while his band was recording in a local studio around this same time, or I guess probably before this, actually. It had this control room with the computer and all the recording gear with a big window that looked into this live room with drums and guitar amps. It wasn't really a super fancy studio, but it was so cool. I had never seen anything like it. And then they played the rough recordings of the album they were working on, and I was blown away. It sounded amazing. It might have been just being in that really exciting environment that everything probably would have sounded cool looking at a big mixer and all the cool recording stuff being in the studio. But that's probably the moment where I decided that I wanted to be a 
recording engineer, and not just a musician. Then, around 2003, my family finally ditched using Windows PCs, and we got a G5 iMac, mainly because it had GarageBand and iMovie, and it just seemed really fun. Plus, our PCs were always getting viruses and slowing down. Classic 90s kid stuff, downloading so much crap with Napster and Kazaa. But GarageBand seriously leveled up my recording game. It was way easier to use, and it had everything you needed. Effects, drum sounds, keyboards, strings, even loops if you didn't play an instrument at all, or you didn't have a keyboard, or you weren't into MIDI editing like I was. So now my personal band had like 50 more members, and they all sounded great. I became totally obsessed with recording songs in it, or at least demos, not always full songs, but a little bit more complete ideas than when I just had the tape machine. I would come home from school, never do my homework, and jump right into GarageBand and just jam. Once I had a riff, I'd add drums, add another guitar part, or write vocals. It was basically like the songwriting process I talked about in episode two. I was experimenting and figuring out how to record stuff that I liked. One of my biggest inspirations at the time was John Feldman, and still is, the singer-songwriter in Goldfinger. He produced a bunch of bands that I loved, Goldfinger, Messed, The Used, Story of the Year. All those records were just so engaging. The songs were great, but so was the recording and the production. There was so much ear candy and special effects, and every time you listened to one of his productions, you could find something new that was hidden in there that was just totally awesome. And I love that. That's exactly what I wanted to do with my songs. I have pretty much every recording from that era on. Most of them are pretty embarrassing now. Like I said, it's looking through an old photo album and how silly you used to sound or how bad the mix is or whatever. I could definitely do a whole episode on my favorite and least favorite demos if I was brave enough to do it. I wasn't just recording myself around this time. I also recorded a lot of songs for my friends or just with my friends in high school. I was just sort of the songwriting and recording guy in my circle. We'd get together and write songs for our girlfriends or sometimes we would record joke songs too. Like one time we wrote and recorded a song all about Jack Bauer from 24. Recording is just a lot of fun. Like I said, you're capturing these moments in time, whether you're being serious or not, you get this kind of musical yearbook. And thinking about it now, those were some of the most fun times that I had in high school. I wasn't super athletic. I wasn't Rico Suave. I was a band geek. 
But when you were in my bedroom recording studio, that was my domain where I actually was kind of cool. So in my senior year of high school, 2007, I recorded an entire album with my brother Russ. And when I say album, I really mean album. It was 15 songs. And Russ, I hate to put you on the spot again, but we've got to get you on the show at some point because that one project alone is definitely worth an episode, I think. I used to dream about one day opening a recording studio where I would only use GarageBand. Like, I would be the first professional studio to use it or something, which is silly looking back on that now. But at the time... I really knew every in and out of the program. I got as much as I could out of it, layering tons of tracks, adding effects, and making everything sound as awesome as I could, whether it was editing or mixing. We used to say the song is radio ready, that it could fly as a professional production, even if it was made in my bedroom. GarageBand couldn't do reverse effects, though. So I would export the cymbals or snare drums and reverse the sound in Audacity and then re-import it to GarageBand. And I'm really proud of that in retrospect. That's basically what they would do in the Beatles era. They didn't always have the technology that they wanted to work with. They always wanted more tracks or more control over the sounds, but they still found ways to create really amazing stuff, even with all the limitations that they had. Like, Sgt. Pepper's was recorded on a four-track tape machine, basically what I had starting out, but they recorded one of the most grandiose productions ever, only using four tracks at a time. This is by far the most fascinating and romantic thing about recording. It really is an art form. There's of course, a lot of science in theory to it as well, but where there is a will, there's a way. And you know, even if you don't know what you're doing or even if you don't have the best stuff to work with, oftentimes the coolest things are made out of these less than ideal circumstances when you're just forced to be creative. And on that note, if you want to get into recording, you really don't need a ton of gear to do it and still get really awesome results, I guarantee you can still have a lot of fun and make great recordings just using the built-in mic on your computer or even your phone and just using whatever effects or instruments are built in to your software. The key is just trying it out and getting used to a workflow. I know it might be awkward to record on a phone, but you can totally do it. And if you do it one or two or three times, you'll figure out how to make it work. And eventually you can upgrade when you figure out all the ins and outs and you realize what you need more of. 
And that's exactly what I did. I used GarageBand all the way up until 2008 when I got Logic 8, which was the pro version of GarageBand at the time. It was a huge box with like a dozen DVDs to install all of the effects and sound libraries. It was just as fun and intuitive as GarageBand, but it had so much more possibility and flexibility with what you could do with it. And at this point, I actually think my recordings got a little worse. There is a lot to learn about in recording, whether it's EQ or compression or training your ear. It's no different than learning an entire instrument. And really, it's more like being a conductor. You have to know every instrument to be able to record and edit and mix them all together. That didn't stop me, obviously. It was still really fun to experiment and mess around, but I didn't really know how to use EQ or compression or all that kind of stuff. And of course, I went to college for recording so I could learn how to actually do it instead of making it up. And in college, we used Pro Tools 8. And at first, Pro Tools sucked in comparison to Logic, which was just a lot more fun to use and easy to use. I actually just found one of my first Pro Tools projects from college. So I mainly used Logic at home, but I started to learn Pro Tools more and more, and I became kind of bilingual between both. It's kind of cool to know more than one recording software. They're really all basically the same thing. They just look different, and it doesn't matter what you have. You can definitely make Pro Recordings in Logic or Cubase or FL Studio, whatever you have. So to graduate, I had to do an internship. And this is around early 2012. I was really lucky to land an internship with an insanely talented engineer, Mike Collasian. And holy cow, we would not be talking today if it wasn't for Mike. College and messing around in GarageBand and Logic, it gave me a good foundation, but he really taught me how to do it like a pro. I can't stress how important it is to find a good mentor, just like having a good music teacher. Whatever it is you like to do, watching a pro do it and being able to bug them with stupid questions, that is invaluable. Everyone needs to be an intern. I'm happy to say, I think I only had to grab coffee once during my internship. It wasn't like the cliche mopping the floors and washing cars sort of thing. Most of it was boots on the ground, setting up microphones, working with bands, editing and mixing and mastering. We did a little bit of everything. And I kind of wish I could go back. I probably have more questions to ask now than I did then. So after that internship, I dove in head first. I started freelancing and recording local bands full time after college. I was working out of the same studio I interned in, just like that small studio I saw my brother working in. 
I now had pretty much the same exact thing. I've never thought about how full circle that story is until I started outlining this episode. It was really a dream come true. And since then, I've had a bunch of different recording studios. I've built my own studio and become kind of obsessed with acoustics. I'm that guy that claps his hands when he walks into a room. I'm in kind of a whole new era of audio and recording exploration. I hate to be a broken record on this show, but I just love learning and geeking out over music and production. And now I don't only record music. I've started podcasting and it's similar, but it has its own set of challenges that are totally different than making a rock song. So as always, there is so much more to dive into. I would love to follow up on the more interesting stories. So leave a comment and let me know what your favorite moments were or any burning questions you might have. I'm having a lot of fun coming up with topics and outlining episodes, trying to retell the story. But I also want the show to be helpful and inspiring to you and everyone listening. So if you're on YouTube, drop a comment. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. I really want to hear from you. All right. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. You'll get all sorts of awesome perks like song downloads, Q&A threads, bonus tracks every month. I'll even check out your YouTube channel or your music, whatever you make, and give you my feedback. And you can also get your name as a producer credit on the podcast and new YouTube videos. If that sounds cool to you, join the Patreon. If not, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok, at Royish Good Looks. You can join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And even just leaving a comment or a like or just sharing the show with your friends. I want to make this thing as big as possible, but of course, I need your help to do that. Either way, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Take care.